0: to show you welcome to the very first episode of the sirens of scream the geek podcast that proves sometimes dead is better i'm melissa megan and i'm here with jackie devore hi and sierra hawk hello and we are super excited to talk to you guys for the very first time today We're going to sort of let this episode be kind of casual and fun and just get to know each other a little bit, let you guys know where we're coming from and why we're doing this. We're just going to have fun this time. The first thing we'd like to start with is to give you an idea of our individual preferences for what kind of horror we like and the way we're going to do that is every episode we're going to do a little segment called What We're Loving Now and we'll share some awesome recommendations for you guys. Sierra, how about you start us off this time?
1: Okay, well, I want to sing the praises of this new show that just started up last month. It's by the same guys who do ghost adventures. And as, like, a warning, I should probably let everybody know that I just love all of those really shitty ghost hunting shows (laughs) uh, without any shame. Just love them so much. No shame here. No shame. But this new show that they just did is called Deadly Possessions. And it's almost like how Ed and Lorraine Warren have... A museum of haunted things Zach Bagans is kind of doing the exact same thing I guess he has like an actual storefront Shop kind of place in Las Vegas but the show is about People bringing their haunted things to him And it's kind of like the history of it And personal stories of how this thing Has been affecting people I've seen the most recent four episodes, and it's the span of things like a haunted doll named Peggy, who like, there was a internet story that went around, like a video of her, and then all these people started getting headaches, and one woman like, had a heart attack, so they brought in the woman, which doesn't seem like a good idea, and they had like a weird seance with the doll. It can be kind of weird like that, but then there's also, they brought in a cauldron that Ed Gein had owned. And they talked to the people who helped clean out Ed Gein's house. Really cool, like, kind of historical backgrounds of things. So that's what I really enjoyed about it. But if you don't like over-the-top, super dramatic, oh, was that a noise? Bro, bro, was that a sound? Oh, man, it's the devil. (laughs) Like, all of those kinds of things. It might be kind of hard to watch, but I love that kind of stuff. I super enjoy it. I'm going to keep watching it.
0: You said there's a shop that people bring things into? I think,
1: so, yeah. And so out of the four episodes i watched, that's what I can, have gathered is that it's his museum of trinkets that he's collected over the years of his ghost hunting adventures.
0: But like, when people bring things into him, does he, does he go and take them somewhere? And like, does he, he look into their... Yeah, so he
1: brings them? in, someone will bring in an item and he'll ask them about it. It's mostly like can you please take this from me because it's ruining my life kind of thing (laughs) like yeah I'll take this there's this kind of urban legend about this crying boy painting that was supposedly this little boy who like his family died in a fire and then this guy painted this portrait of him and that portrait was then reproduced and everybody who had that image in their house would have a fire
0: Sierra you didn't bring one of those trinkets home, did you
1: I, I mean, if I went there and I might, I might go. <laughs> I can't be trusted. <laughs> that sounds really cool.
0: I'm not into the ghost hunter thing, but I like the idea of the little historical.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not forcing you to suspend your disbelief as other ghost hunting shows it's more just here is a really cool history of Ed Gein and the people around it and like actually interviewing real people and like he had a tv that Charles Manson had owned and he brought in Charles Manson's grandson and interviewed him which was really interesting too so so
2: wait what did the I tv do wanted. did it like only show horror stuff like all it, the like,
1: time? <laughs> I wish some guy found it in like the back of a car with all of these notes that somebody had had, all of these correspondence with Manson while he was in jail. And the the idea that they were pushing was that his items would influence people. Like he put his evil into these possessions and then sent them out to people while he was in jail so that they would do his bidding, basically. Sounds legit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, if I was Charles Manson and I was stuck in jail, like, what else would I do with my time?
0: (laughs) Other than write a bunch of music that nobody wants to listen to. Exactly. You think it's actually what he does while (laughs) he's in jail. Yeah, just say crazy shit. (laughs) Do you have other recommendations for us?
1: The other night, I rewatched 1408 and The Mist as a double feature. Mm. That was super fun. I would highly recommend that nice i i assume at this point anyone listening to this is probably familiar with both of those movies i'm not um, really uh-uh. uh so they're both stephen king adaptions and they're both short story stephen king adaptions which i think is generally a little better than when they try to adapt a full movie with the exception of the langoliers which was terrible but yeah 1408 is about a haunted hotel and this guy who is a writer because that's all of the characters in Stephen King's stuff is they're usually authors and he goes around to haunted places and writes all these books about it and then he actually goes to a real haunted place and it kinda destroys him.
0: I'm looking and at these pictures and I feel like maybe I saw it and forgot about it. It has John, John Cusack, Cusack in it. Yeah. Yeah. Was it's there fun. like a creepy like ship
2: painting on the wall? Yep. Yep, that's there. And that one Carpenter song
1: keeps playing throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. We've only just begun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what was the other one that you said? The other one was The Mist, which is about this small town and weird mist with all these like crazy creatures and tentacle things comes and falls over the town. And it's about this group of people who get trapped in the local grocery store. It's one of those movies where the real monster ends up being mankind. (laughs) because all these people are just add-ons with each other and not cooperating at all. We're
2: always
0: the
1: worst monster. Mm-hmm. I know, you right? We are the worst
0: pretty bad about just like doing each other in if we get locked into a space together yeah Yeah.
1: see like any zombie movie ever
0: (laughs) the entire walking dead series all the terrible things we can do to each other in desperate situations
1: but the thing about the mist is that on the blu-ray dvd version you can watch it in black and white which is really interesting because the movie itself is a little campy but then when you watch it in black and white it's a little more artful and fun if you're going to watch it, watch it in black and white is my recommendation. I think I've ever watched it in black and white. Yeah, it's really pretty. It really draws attention to all of the very dramatic lighting and contrasts and things.
2: Nice. Yeah. Any more goodies? No. Jackie, what you got? I have two recommendations. One of them is a movie that is kind of on the sci-fi end of horror. It's called Attack the Block. I caught this movie when my husband and I were about to go to sleep one night. We just turned on the television for some noise. And then all of a sudden, we're both just completely wrapped into this bizarre story of this movie that neither of us have ever seen, even though it came out in 2011. It stars uh, Jodie Whittaker, which a lot of people might know from Broadchurch recently, and John Boyega, who just recently found fame with the Star Wars movies and it was produced by Edgar Wright which if you watch the movie it very much seems like Edgar Wright had a hand in it but it's about aliens coming to earth and attacking people on the block and what's really cool about it is the way they did these alien monsters big hairy shadowy figures with these gigantic teeth that are coming at you and the teeth are fluorescent and glowing and going to attack you everywhere yeah I don't know how we missed this movie in 2011 but it was awesome and I still think about it and I'm probably we're going to watch it tonight
0: i just want to say yeah i agree this is an awesome movie we saw this when it first came out probably a few months after it first came out so i did not know who john boy was at the time mm-hmm. and i think i'm gonna guess that we're probably going to talk about edgar wright a few more times on the show most definitely in the future because I know there's one particular Edgar Wright film that all three of us are probably aching to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And the other thing is actually going to be a little bit difficult to talk about on a um, voice-only podcast here, so we'll post a link for this. But it is an artist, a Polish painter, named Zerislaw Beksinski, And his work is very much horror-driven. There's a lot of wrapping tentacles and dark tones. He uses a lot of oranges and browns. And I was actually talking to a friend mine about it the other day, and one thing we agreed on was his work is kind of it's the sort of art that hurts. It's not, you know, some art can inspire you, some art can encourage you, but his artwork is very much the kind you look at it and you feel a pain there. There's some kind of longing and some kind of terror in a lot of his work. So yeah, we'll post some links to his artwork. Where do you see his work? Like, is it published in books or comics? Or- it's He's a classical artist. He's, uh, okay. he's a painter. He's actually died back in 2005. He actually, when you see a, a photograph of the artist he looks like the most adorable little grandpa that you just Aww. want to take home from the grandpa store <laughs> and feed him butterscotch candies and <laughs> he's adorable and then you look at his artwork and it's got a very baroque and gothic feel to it and it's amazing there's has uh, been talk that it has a strong style of utopian realism it's very interesting but yeah we'll post some links to this
1: cool oh. i'm excited to see it that's it for me cool what recommendations do you have?
0: I'm going to talk about Harrow County I don't maybe I'm saying it wrong it might be Harrow County I don't know but I'm saying Harrow County and it is a comic book series from Dark Horse Comics The writer is Colin Bunn and the artist is Tyler Crook and this is a really great creepy kind of rule story of a little farm girl who figures out very early on that she is a witch. And a lot of the people in her town are not born of natural places. They were sort of, they were like created by the witch that came before her. Her mother essentially made all of these people to sort of protect her and keep track of her and some of them do that job well and some of them not so well and the town kind of ends up turning on her and it starts she figures out she's a witch at the same time and you know the town sort of figures out who she is and they turn on her and all of this happens very early on in the in like in the first couple issues and it, it pretty much starts an entire new chapter of her life where she has to start over again with this knowledge of who she is and this power that she has to talk to creepy things that are hiding in the shadows everywhere and one of the most interesting parts of the story that I find is right away, right from the beginning of her story, she meets a thing in the woods which is essentially a young boy who died by tearing his skin off in a patch of brambles yeah he he was stuck in a patch of brambles and so he becomes one of these little demons and he becomes a friend of hers and she she rescues him she pulls him out of the brambles and he takes care of her and he spies for her he tells her what's happening in in the darkness and the things that she can't see but it's really unsettling because the, the boy Hangs out with her in two parts. He hangs out with her as his body, his skinless body, and then his skin, and they sort of do separate things. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's really incredible, and it's really cool because I I find this story really interesting because not only is it told from the point of view of a young child, you get to see like how it affects her friendships and how it affects what was originally a very simple life of a, a little girl living on the farm with her dad. But you also get to meet all kinds of weird, they refer to them as hates, in this story which means beasties and demons and anything ghosts and all kinds of various scary things are in here and they refer to all of them as hates and you get to meet all these different hates and sort of see a little bit of the various types of creepy things that can be hiding in the darkness around her and then there's a whole nother story of her mother and like the witch that was there once and all the things that she did and the results of what she did and yeah it's, cool. a, it's this really, really awesome. It's a really like it's a it's a there's a lot of layers to the story and the artwork is incredibly unsettling. I'm looking at the number 1 issue for Harrow County right now which is a photo of an open dresser drawer and you can see the skin the face of the skin is inside the drawer and the the like floppy skin hand is sort of hanging out of the drawer.
1: Nice.
0: Like, yes. <laughs> like working its way out, it's getting ready to go out for his little nightly roams around town. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> so yeah. That is Harrow County. I'm also going to recommend iZombie, the TV show. Yes. Yeah. I didn't think that I was going to like this one very much. Sometimes I'm not crazy about campy horror, but it wasn't quite as campy as I thought, just a little bit fun and lighthearted. And it's on the CW, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I see the CW and I'm like, I'm not going to like that. <laughs> but I think it's awesome. It's fun. It's about a, a girl who's turned into a zombie and she has to learn to uh continue to, apparently these kind of zombies Can just go on with Mm -hmm. life as long as nobody knows you're a zombie. And she decides to use her zombie abilities and her need to eat brains by working at, I think it's a morgue that she works in. Yeah. She's or, yeah. So she gets to eat the brains of people who don't need them anymore and she helps solve crimes in that way. It's really interesting, you know? She's basically Veronica Mars as a zombie. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, I never watched Veronica Mars. Oh, oh I love me Veronica Mars. That.
1: Yeah. I think it's the same writer. Same yeah, it's director. The same, uh, creator yeah, it's the same creator and
0: same guy. I've heard a few people reference the two of them compare them so there's a guy here who plays sort of her nemesis he's the guy who started all the trouble he's the reason why
1: all these zombies are wandering around and he's Um, capitalizing on all of the zombies yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) blaine is his name david anders he's just like such a skeevy character i'm not completely caught up in the show but i accidentally read a little bit ahead of it somewhere and Mm -hmm. it was just like man he just gets worse and worse Mm -hmm. he just finds like so many ways to screw people over yeah david and Anders is great in that role. He's fantastic yeah. in it. Some of the names in the show are so funny, too. What's Her her fiancé's name is Major Lily White. <laughs> yeah. Like what is... That is the strangest name. Okay. And one more recommendation I want to make is The Witch. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this already, but some people are not sure about it and not sure if they want to go there or not or if it's going to be decent. I thought it was really incredible. Like, really incredible. I'm not usually afraid of witch stories at all. And this witch scared the bejesus out of me.
2: (laughs) Nice.
0: Yeah. You know, it's a creepy setting to begin with. It's like 1630s New England, super religious family, which is kind of creepy anyway. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> In that whole sort of like Puritan Christian environment of this family who's got a everything is because of God or because you don't love yep. God enough or because yep. you loved God the wrong way or it's just so intense and <laughs> high pressure. I don't want to give anything away because this movie completely relies on a lot of tension and the unknown but there's definitely a witch here and I think what this movie does really great that a lot of horror movies don't do great anymore is the timing is perfect. It's not just jump scares. It's like mm-hmm. the tension is is timed perfectly. The shadows are are set perfectly where you're just never sure if something, I think because of the lifestyle these people live too, they're like this family of children and, and their two parents, they have, I think, three, four children, three children total. They're living in this quiet little cabin, and they're just really simple people trying to survive, and they're trying really hard to grow some crops so they can feed themselves. And a lot of the environment of this film is very quiet to begin with, mm-hmm. which is different in modern times to watch a movie, because yep. we're used to, like, background noise and electronic stuff yeah. happening. You know, you don't think about that, but, like, in a lot of films, like, there's traffic noise, there's other things happening that sort of distract from the film. But this film is so quiet, and there's so many still moments that when scary shit happens it just sneaks right up on you it's like (laughs) it's really good and yeah and I found the witch you don't see a lot of the witch which is also works out well for horror I think if you don't see too much of the villain the monster Mm -hmm. you see just enough to know that this witch is is terrifying and you don't want to run into her (laughs) you know there's also the the mother factor here this family just gets torn apart piece by piece it starts with the children and just works its way up you know and it's so hard and scary to watch these little children just get like torn up from this evil thing so yeah i guess um a little bit of maybe a trigger warning here there is child violence and loss Mm -hmm. of children here so if that's a tough thing to watch you probably want to skip this movie Good to know. Yeah. So yeah, that's my recommendations. We just gave a pretty good big bundle of stuff. Yeah, I think so. We do for people to check out. Because this is our first episode, I definitely want to focus a little bit on letting all of us introduce ourselves a little bit and get to know our listeners, because we're all new to this. Sierra. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about where you are, what you do, why you love horror?
1: Yeah. So right now I live in Seattle. I work as a designer. I have loved horror since I was a little kid, since I first saw Nightmare Before Christmas when I was like three, I, when I was like five, like before I even knew how to read I would go to like thrift stores and find Goosebump books and I would make my mom buy them for me because I love the cover art <laughs> um, so yeah, horror has always been like my go-to, I think, and also as when I was growing up, I liked to just be alone and read and so I did a lot of like reading horror books and all the R.L. Stein and then all the Stephen King and all of those My dad is also a very big horror fanatic and so he also so, like, kind of introduced me, I think, to a lot of horror movies and things like that.
0: Did your dad like a lot of the same stuff that you do now? Or have you guys kind of gone separate ways in your taste?
1: No, I think we, we do have a lot of similar tastes in movies and things like that. And then I also have two little sisters who I, I feel like I've passed on the horror gene to. Nice. I gave them all my books and made them read scary stories and tell in the dark. And they love it, too. So, I think it's, it, it's definitely become a... a staple of the the Hauk family
0: it's important to continue terrorizing the younger generations oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah I think I think my son actually started I I might be able to pinpoint like Nightmare Before Christmas being his introduction
1: that's like a it's like a gateway drug yeah (laughs) because it's it's marketed as this like kids movie it's just about it's about Christmas yeah But no, it's about all these creepy things and singing about Halloween and all this like gory stuff. Tim Burton is a
2: gateway drug.
1: That's That's true. (laughs) That's right he is, yeah.
0: I think we started you know, he saw like the Monsters, Inc. movies and things like that Mm -hmm. and we're like is he okay with monsters? Like, they're happy monsters. <laughs> and then he saw A Nightmare Before Christmas one time and that was it. it was just- yep,
1: now he's gone. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think he referred to it as Happy Halloween for the first, like, two months and we had to Aww. convince him that that wasn't the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Sierra. so what kind of horror do you watch now on the regular? Like, what's your...
1: Now I do a lot of ghosts and things like that. And I also really like true crime. Any kind of, like, Netflix documentary about, like, a killer or something, I I will eat that up. That's great. I love it. I haven't been reading a lot of books lately. I need to be doing more of that. But, yeah, a lot of just, like, supernatural kind of things. And then I also like a lot of urban legends urban myths kind of stuff.
2: You and I have very similar tastes in uh, yeah. horror. Story,
1: but... Yeah, I like my horror to, like, maybe it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even if it's just at the beginning of a movie like these are based off of real events i'm like (laughs) yes give me more (laughs) names (laughs) tell me about it
0: (laughs) do you like to watch the regular crime shows or do you kind of just look for the murder? like is there murder in this one
1: yeah if there's murder i i'm definitely on board any kind of like serial killer kind of stuff what was that
0: old show with the or the guy would talk about missing people unsolved mysteries unsolved mysteries
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah. a good one. That one was kind of scary, too, because it always felt like it really was true stuff. I mean, I yeah. think it was based yeah. on true stories, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. kind of... Dramatized. Mm-hmm. But I was, i mean, maybe because I was young when I watched it, but I always felt like when I watched one of those, like, oh my god, that's happening right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. I always mm-hmm. felt
0: the same.
2: I should probably not go to the grocery store because that <laughs> person might be there.
1: Don't, t- don't talk to anybody. Don't make eye contact.
2: That car is coming <laughs> to get me. Somebody is in that car and they're going to steal me yeah,
1: all the time. <laughs> Which, like, um, why would anybody want to feel that way or think that? But. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was on to something because you know those shows are definitely way more of them now than there were mm-hmm. back then I mean for sure my memory of time and where things are placed in my timeline are completely skewed so I mm-hmm. I don't know what back then means but <laughs> before' <laughs> yeah, I was like Early 90s. I have a PM, which is pre-mommyhood. And if it happened back then, then it's just forever ago. It was probably like 10 years ago. I don't know. (laughs) Jackie, talk to me about
1: you.
2: Well, okay, but there's a lot to talk about. I have (laughs) a, uh, yeah. I have a pretty extensive background with horror. One of the very first movies I ever remember seeing at all was uh, *Watcher in the Woods when I was about six years old. That movie haunted me for a long time, and I couldn't even remember the name of it when I was a kid, but I just kept thinking about that woman's face looking out the window, and everything is misty and smoky, and it's cool. I was always really intrigued by everything horror. I remember when I was around like seven, eight, nine, uh, we would gather around the TV and watch The X Files every week as a family. And then when that, you know, that Tombs episode where the vampire that stretches through vents and stuff, that that one really got to me. The like, yellow
1: bile man? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, He's right so gross. After, he was super gross.
2: Right after that episode, like, I went to, you know, take a shower and go to bed. And um, there was a little vent in our bathroom. And I just remember just standing there watching that vent the entire time and barely even... Showering, I probably smelled terrible Mm the next day. But I was terrified of events for, like, months afterwards. But I also loved it. And when I was a kid, my mother used to throw these wild Halloween parties, the kind of parties that, you know, 50, 100 people that we didn't even know would show up to. Awesome. Yeah, and we would, like, we had a pool in our backyard, so she would throw dry ice in there. And you remember those dolls that were marketed to be your size and stuff? Mm -hmm. They were three feet tall. They're supposed to be my size. See, yeah I yeah. And I didn't really like dolls, so she took it and ripped it apart and put blood on it and put it in the pool so there were bloody body parts floating around. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and she would like do things like put up a big screen and have it uh, backlit in our carport and put on this little sketch where she would drag me out of the audience and uh, put me down on the table behind the screen and act like she's hammering me behind there like she's a mad scientist creating a Frankenstein monster and all that. And, oh my god, I love your mom. Yeah, it was, it was cool. And it definitely rubbed off of me well into my, my adulthood this year, I already have plans for our house. Good. It's what it's May, and I it's already May. Have, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to make the house into a big old castle and call it Castle De Vorquila and all this, and it'd it'll, <laughs> it'll be pretty rad. But I also got into uh, reading a lot of things like the scary stories, reading the dark, which I feel yeah. like was probably a gateway for a lot of people in our general generations here mm-hmm. into horror. Those well, because creepy- it was
1: those stories. The stories were okay, but then it was the illustrations it was, the
2: illustrations. It yeah, was all for those sure. illustrations and it makes yeah. me so
1: sad that they re-released them with different artwork yeah that was really dumb like yeah I, that was yeah
0: not everything should be done over again right exactly, exactly. it wasn't yeah. broken
1: don't fix it <laughs> exactly it was perfect yeah and i really got
2: into uh, edgar Allan poe when i was probably around like 12 13 ish i was that morbid goth kid yep. oh, oh the by the way art.
1: on the day that we're recording this it's world goth day Nice. Yeah, very Very appropriate. So happy (laughs) Rough Goss Day, everybody. Hooray.
2: And then when I was in middle school and high school, I really got into uh, theater with set design and special effects makeup. And that was a lot of fun, which segued into the whole Ashtoberfest thing, which a lot of people in my adult life know me from Ashtoberfest these days, I think, even still. It was this very large uh, zombie walk that we planned in Asheville, North Carolina. It was the kind of thing that drew thousands of people from all over the place. Uh, We ended up getting national coverage one year when we accidentally ran into a Sarah Palin rally with all of our thousands of zombies. It, it was cool. We had, like, a horror film festival, bar crawls, music festivals, costume contests. So, uh, we showed Night of the Living Dead on a screen outdoors and all that. Awesome. Scavenger Hunt for the kids. Kids really got into the zombie walk. It was cool. <laughs> I mean, that definitely brought in my love of uh, building spooky sets and doing special effects makeups there, and so that was a lot of fun. It's actually where I met my husband. We moved away from Asheville two years ago, so we don't do that anymore, but it's now being taken over by the folks who do Stuff Monsters Like, which is another really cool, horror-driven podcast. Was Drew a zombie? Drew was a zombie, and he used to be an audio engineer. That's what the match
1: made in heaven.
2: Yeah, so he came in to do the audio for that, and I came in doing everything else, and it was inseparable um, from that zombie love story yeah so and nowadays we still have like the zombie mascot in our living room it scares the absolute hell out of everybody yes. it's like a seven foot tall zombie in our living room and now we play horror video games together and I, I really love horror video games in general so that's a big focus for me these days but yeah that is my horror background I'm really hoping that with this show that you can help me
0: play more horror video games because I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to video game horror
2: absolutely and we will work your way up to amnesia we're not gonna start off with that <laughs> but <laughs> if we'll get there can, if I can make it through something like Bioshock
0: then I, yeah. like, If I can get through that first then I can work into the real scary stuff
2: it might actually be fun for the three of us to uh, do a podcast where we're playing a video a horror video game like Bioshock or something together yeah, that would be screen fun. share that would be fun
0: that'd be so fun it's one of my favorite things to watch when I kind of get bored and I have nothing else to do is those uh uh what is his name redhead talk show host Conan O'Brien Conan O'Brien yeah he does that oh, okay. he does those game clips where he's
1: oh, he yeah.
0: plays video games with his buddy who's a really who's like a, an experienced gamer mm-hmm. um and there's a few of them where he tries to play these horror games and it's just it's the funniest things it's hysterical nice. he's he's screaming and he's like hiding <laughs> behind him <and> <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical yeah there's a whole Bunch of them on YouTube where you can just watch him trying to play various video games and he doesn't get it very well and he's not very
2: good at it. But... Well, I love Kevin <laughs> yeah. O'Brien. Super cute. So, how about you, Melissa? I'm
0: in New York and Jackie, you're in Georgia now, right?
2: Yeah, I'm in Savannah, Georgia, which I meant Savannah, to Georgia. mention. Part of the reason we moved here is because it is spooky as hell. It's awesome. <laughs> Like there are just like ghosts walking all up and down the streets all the time. So
0: I'm in upstate New York, which is sort of a center for ghost tours and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. there's a whole there's a whole neighborhood here, a whole area in my in the, in my town that's uh, called Historic Huguenot Street, which is like old French buildings from the 1800s. These like big old stone places, and there's these gigantic wells that nice. look like they definitely have dead bodies inside of them. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like super old French cemeteries with tiny little weird headstones that you can barely make out. And yeah, you know, I feel like the Northeast is just the home to
2: 80% of of the ghost stories (laughs) in America. Well, it's probably Stephen King's fault. That's all he ever writes about is the Northeast. Yeah,
0: yeah, mostly Maine, right. (laughs) All Maine, yep. Yep. Amityville Horror was based here. Mm -hmm. There's so many, yeah, so many here. So that's where I live. I live in Spooky Town, New York. I think I started out, it's kind of a weird reference, but I feel like my interest in horror started maybe with Jim Henson. Because my dad used to watch a lot of really strange, hippie 70s stuff with me. Like, The Dark Crystal was very kind of a creepy horror twist to it. Mm -hmm. It did, it totally did. The Labyrinth does, too. The Labyrinth yeah. is kind of... I mean, I had to watch that one a few times with my son. The first couple times, he was kind of creeped out by it, and it was too scary for him. But now he likes it. But that... And we watched Watership Down. I think it's from the 70s, the animated... Mm-hmm. Where bunnies part- rip each other yes, apart. Yes, well. yes. Like... <laughs> bunny government overthrow and <laughs> violence <laughs> and death. It's just... I don't know. My dad made me watch the weirdest things. We just rewatched *The Last Unicorn* today, which was one that I saw when I was a kid, and I think I thought of that as a horror film when I was a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> and we just watched it today. It's like this is not as creepy as I thought it was when I was younger. And then, yeah, my dad is a big horror fan, and I watched a lot of slasher stuff with him. The Friday the 13th. All of those movies we watched, Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street were some of our favorites. The first Nightmare on Elm Street is definitely always kind of a nostalgic thing for me. Mm I watched that and it just reminds me of watching scary stuff with my dad. My mom hated scary movies, so it was like a bonding thing that I could do with him. Or she would just mm-hmm. leave the house and like, you guys watch that, <laughs> I'm out of here. So yeah, I did lots of that. And then in my teen years, just like you two, I didn't really get into the little kids books. I never read Goosebumps and things like mm-hmm. that. I started reading horror like in, in my teen years, I think, where I started with Stephen King and then graduated into like Dean Koontz and then Clive yeah. Barker from there Nice. Still a big fan of Clive Barker to this day.
1: Oh, I love me some Clive Barker.
0: Yeah I feel like I can't do Stephen King or Dean Koontz anymore. I've kind of moved I don't know. They, they feel started to feel repetitive for me so I can't get into that anymore but
2: Either of you guys ever read uh, Anne Rice back before she became religious? Yes! Mm-hmm. Yes it is. Yes. I a bunch
0: of Anne Rice when I was
2: good.
0: <laughs> yep yep Yep, the Vampire Chronicles are yep. just a yeah, absolutely huge part of my teen years. That, that might have been my toe in the goth environment <laughs> <was Anne Rice. laughs> I didn't go too far into that, but Anne Rice is definitely, I'd say, gothic horror. The movie version of It was one of the earlier horror films that I saw, too, that really made a huge impact on me. That's yeah. cool.
1: It was the first Stephen King book that I ever read. Yeah, that, that was a game changer.
0: Speaking of being terrified of drains for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, you can't walk
1: on the sidewalk and see a no. drain without thinking of like balloons being down there.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't step on the storm drain. Don't yeah. look down the
2: drain in the sink.
1: Does it Just... smell like? Does it smell like the circus? Soda? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what does the circus smell like? <laughs> there is a monster down there. Don't make eye contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't talk to him.
0: Yeah, I think if for a while I had nightmares about like hearing laughter coming out of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, luckily for me as an adult, that's another one that doesn't uh, age very well. So... (laughs) watch it as an adult and it's kind of like ah, you know tim curry never loses his appeal and he's always terrifying but everything around him doesn't age so well yeah (laughs) that and then now i've graduated into horror comics which are sort of a new obsession of mine i didn't really get into comic books until my early 20s so once i discovered that i could read comic books that were scary
1: Mm-hmm. And, They're yeah. not just all superheroes.
0: Yeah, no, and it's like the wonderful combination of great horror artwork with mm-hmm. horror stories. So yeah. um, it's one thing to watch a film, but when you get to read something like that and you get some amazing artwork to help you visualize it, it's really cool. I love video games and I play a lot of video games, and so I want to play more horror video games. I don't. I'm just so bad at just so bad at them. I don't. I don't. It's really been a frustrating thing for me. Like if if more than one thing chases me at a time in a game, mm-hmm. I'm just done. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'll climb up on the highest rock I can find and try to hide from all the things <laughs>
2: see here I'm the opposite like if it, if it's really storming here I'll turn off all the lights and you know play some kind of creepy game and just like really immerse myself into that world and get really spooked out it's fun it's really fun
0: I, I might be able to get into it one day I, The best I can do right now is playing like RPGs, like right now I'm playing The Witcher 3 So I'm battling nice. a lot of Nasty, gross monsters Cool. Mm-hmm. And that one can get kind of scary at times. There's three witches in that game who I did not expect to be scary, and they're just horrifying. Mm-hmm. And they got these, they have the, I don't know what they did with their voices, but one of them has like, she looks like she has like a basket over her mouth, so you can't see most of her face. And when she speaks, it sounds like she's speaking like through a tin can. Ooh. Nice. And she's huge and fat, and she has all these ropes tied around her really tightly, so she just has this skin... Bulging out. Yeah, like, bulging oh. and, like, squeezing uncomfortably all over her body, and ugh, just <laughs> gross. So then there's, like, a witch that's got, like, bugs continuously crawling <laughs> out of her eye.
2: Ooh. <sighs> Sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: Sorry. Sorry, <Jackie. laughs> it, would, it would be a bad one for
0: me. <laughs> yeah. It's the you know, like the the old like three witch the mythological
1: bubble boiling yeah, trouble it a, yeah. a
0: trope. It's it's stuff. Definitely... Yeah, right, the witch trope. And then the third one has like random body parts hanging off her that she's collected from people. So she's That's like
2: awful.
0: it's so gross. And she talks at one point and she like wobbles this leg around while she's talking to you, like huh? with her hand, just bounces it up and down. <laughs> that one Sounds
2: like a badass.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> so that's you know I'm, I'm playing some scary stuff but i horror games god i suck at them i have to figure out a way to just like barrel through them without hiding and <laughs> turning the game off <laughs> 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 there's something a lot more immersive about games i think than movies
2: yeah, yeah absolutely you're I mean, in the you, room. Yeah, you're playing it from the first person, and it's kind of like you're experiencing it around you instead of just watching it happen to somebody else.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, like, and, like, if you're watching a movie, that dumb teenager is going to go into the scary house, whether yeah. you like it or not. But if yeah. you're playing a game, like, you're controlling it. Yeah, yeah you're making you're like, decisions. I know no, 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 something's going to jump out. I know this is a bad idea.
0: You're making decisions like you're, you know, you're talking to people and choosing what you want to say in conversations, which reminds me, I know I already gave my recommendations, but Jackie, did you play the game Oxenfree? No. I'm going to throw that one in there because it's so incredible. And this is probably the closest thing to a horror game that I played in a long time. It's a, like an adventure. It's almost like a choose your own adventure game. Fun. And it's cool. this, it feels very much like a like an old school horror film and that you're you go to this island with a group of friends, you know, and you're planning on like drinking and partying mm-hmm. and you get to the island and creepy stuff happens, you know, and like your friends start to disappear and you have to go find them on the creepy island, you know, <laughs> Let's and all split up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It like it plays out in, in a really clean sort of formula like a classic horror film does.
2: That sounds um, cool.
0: Yeah, so it's and it's teenagers. So it starts out and the conversation's a little teenagery.
2: Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm.
0: flaky. But it very quickly you realize where this is going and you get drawn into it. And the idea of this island, I'll just tell you quickly, the idea of this island that they're on is that it used to be a military radio transmission center. Mm-hmm. So they would transmit during wars, they would transmit to, like, submarines and boats and things that were out okay. in the water. And, of course, there's a creepy old, like, military base there with old buildings that are closed down and abandoned and you figure out that there's something living on this island that you can't see, which your troublesome teenagers kind of stumble upon by messing with things that they shouldn't mess with. You have a radio and throughout the entire game you stop at different points and you tune your radio to find old transmissions of radio signals that are left behind. Oh, oh, that's neat. It's really cool and it's super creepy because you're dialing through and you're hearing this old radio broadcast. Sometimes you'll hear something that sounds like swing music and then you'll turn to another channel and you hear something this sounds like a live radio show where they're talking about bombs and planes and things that are happening it's like you go back in time in the radio the radio is in a different time period that's cool that is really cool yeah and then other times you hit the wrong spot on the radio and you are able to hear communication from whatever else is living on this island. Oh, no. Fun. Yeah, I just got shivers just talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's one of those things where like your friends start to disappear. You have to wander the island and find them. And along the way, you start to meet some of these other things that are lingering on the island spirits and ghosts who are there. And, you know, some of them are not very nice. And,. Mm-hmm. The story goes into all kinds of strange places and when it was over and I finished playing, if you've played telltale games, it gives you like a little rundown of like the choices that other people made compared to yours. And you realize that you could have played that whole game totally differently by making different choices. I'm not deleting this game because I'm gonna go back and do it again and try to see how I can change the
1: story. Um, That's so much fun.
0: Yeah, and the choices are like how you decide to interact with the other people on the island. Like you might decide that you want to be friends with this girl or you might not not and it gives you the opportunity to make that happen. Yeah. Or you can like try to encourage two of your friends to continue to date or you can try to split them up. It's all these like little kind of teenage decisions,
2: but they all impact the entire story and what happens along the way. Another game that's very much like that in terms of choices and it is actually very much a teenage world there. It's a freshman in college is Life is Strange.
1: Mm. Oh yes I played that
2: That's Yeah that's a really fun game And it very interesting And I guess it does kind of Have a horror twist to it With apocalyptic views You have there mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. but yeah that one's a lot of fun
0: Accent Free also has Absolutely stunning artwork Like stunning It's that got helps. this The entire game has this Like really foggy look to it Almost like you're you're walking through like a watercolor painting. Nice. It's really, really soft. And then when things happen, you start to jump around in between different time frames and, and experience different things. Then the whole scene changes and like the color in the scene changes. Ooh. It's very much like being a part of a horror film where you guys know this when you walk into a room, say in a horror film, right? And you know that something, there's a ghost in that room, then like yeah. the, the entire color of the air changes. Like yeah, color changes,
2: changes. Yeah, right. bleeding, all of it, yeah
0: right so the same kind of thing happens in this game to where you get sort of that foreboding feeling of oh crap that's
2: really cool wrong. <laughs> yeah
0: like <laughs> i'm just walking past this lake and all of a sudden what? everything blew something's <laughs> wrong here <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> that's an awesome game that i kind of forgot about until just a moment ago bonus
1: recommendation
0: yeah yeah it's so cool and it's a small indie game it was cheap i think it was like 20 bucks or something
1: Can you, is it like on Steam or something?
0: It is on Steam. Yep. So Steam, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox One. Awesome. You can play it everywhere. Is there anything else you guys want to share for people to know about why we're doing this? We like scary things. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. And it's always fun to find other people who like spooky things because that's not, not everybody gets into that. Not everybody understands. Yeah, but it's hard to geek out with somebody that's like, no,
2: I'm terrified. uh, Why (laughs) would you ever want to be
1: scared? Why would you put yourself through that? You just don't get it. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm.
0: I had a friend ask me recently why I enjoy horror films because she doesn't like them at all. And the only thing I could think of to say was it's just a rush. It's adrenaline, okay. right? It's just adrenaline like anything else. Yeah. Just a way to scare yourself, except for you don't have to leave your house and you, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to put your life in danger to do
2: it. And it's intriguing and it's interesting. It's always
0: like horror. And there's always like a drama aspect to horror too, which yeah. is cool. There's a lot of like character development and character stories that... Yeah. Yeah. I think At horror in the get, good ones. Yeah, I think horror doesn't get enough credit for that. People think it's all just slashers and
1: blood and gore. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But there's often a lot of great character development.
1: And great, like, psychological questions and explorations.
2: Yeah, that's definitely my favorite type of horror is psychological thriller kind of things that involve mm-hmm. the main character going through something just absolutely traumatic and life-changing. Yeah. Um, Like one example is uh, Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. That's honestly Mm -hmm. one of my favorite uh, horror books of all time. Because the main character is, I mean, he's standing there watching his loved ones, his wife, his best friend, stand outside his uh, house every single day. Asking him to come out and sacrifice himself So Mm -hmm. that he can be with them Join us Yeah, yeah And it's, I mean, it's nerve-wracking He's literally the last man on Earth And they're all out there taunting him And trying to kill him And Mm -hmm. it's very interesting And he goes through a lot of character development Just because of that
0: Mm -hmm. I've been trying to share some fun horror clips today On the Sirens of Scream Twitter and Facebook To celebrate our first recording And just a little bit ago I shared a clip of a movie called It Follows Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Speaking of psychological. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also like interesting characters. Like a lot of that movie is just about their relationships. And yeah. It's, it's not so much about the scary stuff all the time. Yeah, it has a lot to do with the dynamic between the characters, which is very yeah. cool.
0: Right. There's a lot of like subtle nuances between Jay is her name, I think. The main yeah. girl. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> between <laughs> her and the uh, the young guy who's friends with them that obviously has a crush on her, a long lasting mm-hmm. crush. There's right. a lot of like subtle nuances in their relationship, like they're close friends, but she's not really sure about the whole sexual thing and yeah yeah you
1: know that just makes me think I feel like horror is a really good avenue for explaining like coming of age you get a lot of those kind of stories of teenagers kind of figuring out their place in the world what what kind of person do you want to be that kind of decision is absolutely rushed when you're faced with some kind of traumatic or life changing yeah, altering
2: thing yeah there's
1: a killer around what kind of person are you going to be are you trying to protect everybody are you going to save yourself or yeah are you just going to
0: run away and hide yeah it's a pretty terrifying point in life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Being a teenager. <laughs> and that, you know, it follows. It's weird to say this. It's a sex positive film. It even is. Though, even yeah. though sex is the worst thing you could do in the film. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's very sex And I think it touched on so many different places that horror films, even 10 years ago, just were really bad at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Showing women in powerful realistic positions as real people, real characters, and not just a plot device yeah. or A victim. Um, Yeah. This film starts out with her very much a victim. Yeah. Completely. But she sort of well, I don't want to say she's not a victim because she kind
1: of is. But, um, she regains power. Yeah, yeah. She,
0: she regains power. She gives her friends power. She starts to become the source of strength by the end of the film. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very realistic, hard road. It's not like, mm-hmm. <laughs> in one scene she's beat down and bruised, and the next scene she's, ah, I'm a warrior now!
2: Yes! <laughs>
0: Which is always awesome. Yeah, that, that film is a complete mindfuck. I walked out of the theater and I just, in the broad daylight, and I just thought every Everybody in the parking lot was obviously coming to kill me. So yeah, I think I'm excited to do this because there's such a huge realm of things we can talk about in the horror oh, genre.
1: Yeah. It's endless.
0: Sure, right? Between psychological ghosts um, and supernatural stuff, serial killers, real life crime. Mm-hmm. There's
2: such a huge
0: arena of stuff. I'm hoping that we can tap into everything between film,
2: TV, comics, games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, crossover media there is something I'm very excited about. So we're not gonna just focus on movies or just focus on shows, but all-encompassing horror there.
0: Yeah. yeah, challenge each other to experience horror in different. Yeah, <laughs> different <For sure>. mediums. <laughs> we have so much cool stuff planned. Tonight is the premiere of Preacher. Yes. Right. Yep. Which I'm super psyched to see this TV show and I hope it's not going to disappoint me because I've been psyched about it for like four months now. Sierra, you're reading Preacher for the first time, correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So I'll be going in with fresh eyes.
2: Jackie, I know you're in the process of reading it is yep. this your first time reading too? It is indeed. It's something I, that's been on my list for forever. So mm-hmm. this has been a very good push to get me to actually pick up the book and read it. So yeah, I'm enjoying it so far.
1: That might be the best part of this podcast is it's like forcing us all to do all think? those things that we keep. They're on our list to do. Yeah. I know I'm going to love it, but I just haven't made time for it yet. Yeah. I reloaded it into
0: my Kindle so I can read it again because it's been a couple of years since I read it. So I'm going to read it along with you. Cool. And refreshen myself on on it. So, and then we'll talk about that at some point. We're going to talk about The Conjuring. Yeah.
1: Yes. I am super excited about that.
0: (laughs) The Conjuring 2, is that next month, right? I think actually two weeks. Two weeks.
1: Early June, I think. Okay. Oh my
0: gosh. And we're only a few months away from Halloween. Yes. (gasps) Yes. Like, maybe more than a few months, but for us, it's, like, tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That time's gonna fly. Yeah. Oh, my God. We could do so many fun Halloween
2: special episodes, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes,
0: we can. It'll be a blast.
2: And I don't know about you guys, but every October, there's Horror Movie Central here in the DeVore house. We just watch horror movies constantly one, throughout one October. One a night, yep. Mm-hmm. At least. In fact, we watched It Follows last year for our October Horror Month. Cool.
0: We usually watch quite a few here too, but we also have a lot of TV show, ongoing TV shows to keep up with. So, And we can't watch anything until after the little guy goes to bed. He's yeah. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> not quite ready for horror movies yet. <laughs> I think a good way to wrap this up today would be answering a couple of questions because we did actually get a couple of listener questions already. Awesome. Which I think is super fun to be able to talk to our listeners and
2: get some communication. Absolutely. The more questions better.
0: Yeah. So the first one is from at the witch files on Twitter, which I've been talking to. I don't know if this is ladies or whoever this is running the witch files, but either through... way, badass username right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. Already <laughs> intrigued. But and It's spelled the W Y T C H, the witch files. Interesting. So they want to know: Will we be covering older horror media as well as newer media? And will we be covering books? Yes. Um,
2: (laughs) Yep, <laughs> a resounding yes here. Yes.
1: <laughs> Hopefully all of the things that we talked about are a good answer to that. I think we all have a, a healthy respect for the stuff that came before, but also excited to watch new things and talk about them. Indeed.
0: Yeah, I think books are, there's tons of books out there, and we might not have a lot of time to read a ton of books, but I think <gasps> we all seem to have a, a lot of background, too, in horror books. So
1: Maybe yeah. we should start a book club. <laughs> I would be super into that. We'll see if anybody else wants to.
0: Ideas, ideas.
1: Yep. From Jeremy ha- Hatchat. Jeremy Hatchat. His first question, how do you take your coffee? <laughs> Black. I Black, take my, Black like my soul. <laughs>
2: I drink tea. I don't drink coffee. Sorry. <laughs>
1: um. And then his second question, alien or predator?
2: Ooh, Ooh That's a pretty good question.
1: I prefer alien over predator i think that predator is really fun but i have to be in the right mood because it's a little a little more aggro but alien is just creepy looking and like gross and (laughs) sneak up on you i mean predator obviously sneaks up on you but i I don't know i think alien is a little more unpredictable
2: in a way i completely agree there and i'm actually 100 percent with you Uh, Alien is more like the. uh, It's pretty much the sneaky creepiness there. It builds the suspense in a very threatening way, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, the Predator is definitely terrifying too, don't get me wrong. Yeah, of course. But Alien feels like it's. Like, you don't know when or what is going to happen at all, mm-hmm. so...
1: And with Predator, I think I always feel like it's a little too powerful yeah. in ways. That's a little... That's kind of not fun when you have a villain that, like, is so powerful that there's no way of defeating it.
2: Yeah, like a Superman version of a villain.
1: Yeah. What about you, Melissa?
2: I definitely have to go with
0: Alien here, because Alien's one of my favorite sci-fi films. Ever. Yeah. Also, I think... In addition to what you two already said, Predator is a little heavy on the uh, testosterone for me. Yeah, it's a bit—it's a bit of a burly action film. I love Predator too, and I think Predator is a really, really cool monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the like the costume design of Predator. And the, the idea of that. But Alien does have Ripley, one of yeah. them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, one of the greatest heroines in sci fi history. So. Jonesy
1: the cat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and hey, lucky for us, we do have Aliens versus Predator. So.
1: Yeah, best of both worlds.
0: You can mm-hmm. always enjoy them together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like Predator too, though, just for the pure, like, I, I love his skills and his design. I do find Predator pretty scary
1: yeah absolutely he's
0: pretty terrifying alien to run into and he's an alien too so yeah you know i I also
1: just love the design of the xenomorphs yeah How they're like kind of skeletal looking and like that giant head they're just so weird they're so weird looking
0: thank you hr Gear. And we just celebrated Alien Day. Did recently. we really? Yep. Yeah, it was uh, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, we did a screening here and we had to take a vote before we watched it on whether we were going to watch Alien or Aliens. And a large part of the argument was over, like, who in the room was able to handle a straight up horror film and who needed <laughs> it to be a little bit more, like, A little fun, yeah. 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 I think we ended up going with Aliens... Mm-hmm. and and it was fun. That's such a fun movie. Jackie did you play
2: the alien video game that came out? Isolation? No but I was just watching some reviews about a um. Oh god for the life of me I can't remember if it was alien or predator based I want to say it's predator but it's a new uh, virtual reality game that's coming out mm-hmm. where it looks so badass it looks so fucking cool like we should really post a uh, a link to uh, some of the run throughs that I've seen because it's incredible you're like crouching behind things and it's you're trying to hide from this monster you can see through like little tiny specks and walls and tubes and stuff and you see this monster slither by and all this and it's incredible but I'll search down a review and post it on the Twitter cool. I cool. feel like our followers are going to love that one
0: I am so not ready for virtual reality <laughs> <laughs> seriously that right there like I've
2: been on the fence about this whole virtual reality craze lately and I'm definitely waiting for the Star VR to come out I, I have a, a, a personal connection with Starbreeze there so I want to support all they do but seeing that particular game coming out, like that is that's pushed me over the edge. Like I told my husband, we're we're getting one of these now. It's <laughs> happening.
0: We haven't discussed uh, the virtual reality thing yet, but I'm sure we'll be going there soon. But there's no way in hell I'm ready for horror games <laughs> on virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to get brave enough to do it with a controller in my hand first before it's virtual reality.
2: Oh, God. You should look up some playthroughs. Like, there was this one, I don't even know the name of the game, but it was, uh, like, you're standing in the center of a field. It looks like a cemetery. And all of these uh, zombie-like creatures are rising from the grave and mm-hmm. coming at you, and you have to spin around and shoot them. And uh, this one playthrough was this poor, terrified girl playing this game, and she's just standing there, shaking so hard. Like, you can see her her gun shaking in the game, and she's, like, screaming at everything coming at her. (laughs) Kind of hilarious, but also you want to wrap her in a blanket and give her a cup of tea. It looks awesome. I'm so excited for virtual reality horror games
1: there's this other iphone game that i think is out i only saw that it was being made a while ago but it's called night terrors and it's like an augmented reality kind of thing with your phone so like your phone you aim it at the room around you and it shows you ghosts around and you have to like go through your house you're supposed to play it with all the lights off and stuff nice it looks super fun that sounds awesome yeah like the survival horror but like in your own house
0: yeah. <laughs> Even that sounds too scary
2: for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool.
1: I am so into that.
0: But if you guys like Alien, you should try Alien Isolation. Yeah. It's not action. Well, at least not as far as I've made it into it. But it's super quiet, and the mm-hmm. uh, the start of the game has got Sigourney Weaver like its actual sound. It, it will make you feel like you've suddenly like fallen into Alien. Cool. Like the, the movie. It's done very very loyally to the feeling and the look. of Of the original Alien film. Very nice. Um, Yeah and the main character is supposed to be uh, Ripley's daughter who you're playing and you're just creeping around this abandoned space station trying to figure out if anybody's there and everything's just like destroyed and there's like little Mm -hmm. fires and it's so quiet and unsettling and dark and I actually haven't made it far enough yet to encounter the alien because I'm really scared and it's taking me a long time to creep around, but it's, from what I'm told, there's not a lot of, like, battle. It's more like the point is evading the alien is trying to stay out of the way and trying to hide and trying to be stealthy and quiet. Yeah. And then there's like little computers that you have to check in on and get reports and like find out like what the people before you left behind and it's really cool and creepy. We could probably go on like this forever but we have to save some stuff for other shows. True. So this has been awesome and to everybody who's listening to our very first episode, thank you so much. Yes thank you, you're awesome.
1: Yeah and please let us know what you want us to talk about because we have so much that we could choose from. It would be nice to...
0: Yeah. There's just unending amounts of material to pull from. So if we know Mm -hmm. what you want to hear, then that would be really helpful to kind of focus our topics. And I think, Jackie, what did we decide was our next topic?
2: Our next topic is Preacher.
0: And that's going to be two weeks from now, so we have a little bit of time to see two episodes and catch up on that and get our impressions on that. And yeah, so Preacher's next. This show's going to be bi-weekly for now, unless we just can't stay away from each other that long. (laughs) We have to talk about more things. And you guys yeah just give us some feedback let us know how everything sounds if you have questions if you have things you want to talk about contact us and talk to us because we would love to hear from everybody
1: yeah and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook as both Sirens of Scream
0: yep the Sirens of Scream we are a member of the freshly launched Meganerd Media family you can visit Meganerdmedia.com for geek related columns reviews interviews videos all kinds of cool new stuff coming on that site you can reach us via email at sos at meganerdmedia.com or you can find us on Twitter at Sirens of Scream. Sierra, where can people find you?
1: All of my internet things are at Sierra Hauk. On Twitter, Tumblr. Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. All that. All that. Kept it simple. It's all the same. (laughs)
2: Jackie, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Jackie the Robot. All one word. I love that name.
0: <laughs> you can find me at LissaPunch, L-I-S-S-A-Punch, on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And that's a wrap for this episode. Yay! Hooray. Goodbye.